Donald Trump gave a speech in South Carolina, folks. Not only was it dangerous and very weird, but Trump showed serious signs of real cognitive issues. We're going to show you the video you can judge for yourself. We will also show you a video where Donald Trump may have been recorded committing another felony at a South Carolina gun store where Trump may have purchased a Glock, which is a violation of the terms of release from his various felony indictments. And the store that he may have unlawfully purchased the gun from for this weird photo op was also the site where the assault weapon was sold to the Jacksonville racist mass shooter from August. Wow, we will break that all down. In the past few days as well, Donald Trump threatened to execute the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley. Trump threatened to shut down NBC, Comcast, and all media that is not fully obedient to him. Donald Trump ordered House Republicans to shut down the government and then blame the suffering of American people on President Biden. And Trump called automatic voter registration a scam and a form of rigging the election. Folks, this is not normal. Also, compliant MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives, as always, are following Donald Trump's orders. Look, we are one week away from a catastrophic government shutdown. And as of this recording, as of this live broadcast, there's no serious work being done by House Republicans to even vote on the rule to get a debate on government funding going. Instead, Marjorie Taylor Greene and other MAGA Republicans are out there saying things like this, we will not fund the government if the spending bills deal with COVID, Ukraine, or the Department of Justice. They will not support it. What does that even mean? What have we come to as a country where there's a political party saying things like that? And meanwhile, President Biden had one of the best weeks yet as president, objectively. I'll go through a list of all of the things he did this week, but you would never know that from watching or reading legacy media reports. I want to break down everything President Biden did, and we can compare that to the headlines and the lack of headlines and all of the things I just told you that Donald Trump said this and more on the Midas Touch podcast. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Brett. Jordy Micellis is on assignment right now. I don't think he'll be joining us for this show, but he'll be with us later in the week. Of course, we always miss Jordy when he's not on the show. But Brett, the things that I discussed that Donald yeah. Trump did that are disgusting, these are just things that he said. As I said on the last show, we're going to show you the clips. This isn't me being hyperbolic. This isn't me exaggerating. This, frankly, doesn't require me, as I said on the last show, to get my archival shovel and start <laughs> digging to find this and go, oh, my God, this was a woof. How did I discover these things? Like These are things he's saying every day. And a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the things that he said in normal times would be disqualifying. If President Biden 
did just the fraction of the fraction of the fraction, he'd be done. You know who would be calling for him to be done also? Probably me, <laughs> because I want to hold people to standards. I'd probably be like, whoa, you're doing a QAnon on me? I mean, you're not qualified. But this is who leads the cult that is the Republican Party that wants to shut down our government. It's ridiculous. You, you know, it's really horrifying and sad to watch, but it's becoming increasingly apparent that Donald Trump has broken the brains of the media and they have never recovered. He attacked them and attacked them and attacked them. And instead of saying, we are going to do our jobs, we are going to step up our games and we are going to hold this individual accountable. Instead, they are like flustered. They don't even know what to do. And he literally says things out in the open, makes his posts for all to see, and they run their main headlines every single day about President Biden's age when the guy is only three years older than Donald Trump and you're making this a story. It is absolutely absurd. Then they push these ridiculous polls that they even admit in their own article are outliers and are BS. And they're trying to create this narrative that I am certainly not buying into. And while they do that, while they fill the airwaves of their 24-hour news cycle, they have 24 hours to say any of this, 24 hours. And what do they do? They just talk about the same two or three subjects nonstop. And the thing that really bothers me, and we're going to see this today on this episode of the Midas Touch podcast, is they always accept what the Trump people say at face value. They always take their word for it and parrot their exact talking points rather than actually presenting the evidence that runs counter to everything that these people are saying and doing. They instead are like spouting a press release from the Trump campaign day in and day out. It is absolutely disgusting, but we need to keep the heat on because our democracy depends on the actual truth getting out there. People actually seeing the plans that Donald Trump has in store were he to be reelected. And at the top, I should mention that Ron Filipkowski, editor-in-chief of Midas Touch, just published an absolutely incredible and vitally important piece on the Midas Touch Network website. That's MidasTouch.com. It's 27 27 things that Donald Trump has promised he will do if he's reelected president. And these are things that are glossed over each and every day by so many of these legacy media outlets. And this is actually the core of when you actually drill down, okay, he's saying crazy things, he's spouting all this nonsense, but what is he actually promising to do if he were given the opportunity to have power once again? I think when you see these 27 points all backed up with sources and the dates that Donald Trump made his proclamation, I think it is absolutely jaw-dropping. And I urge everybody to check that article out right now at MidasTouch.com and share it with everybody you know, because I just don't think that these messages are getting out there. Well, look, the coverage by CNN was no different than the coverage by these like wackadoodle right-wing media outlets like Right Side Broadcast Network. They're almost saying the same things. And Donald Trump said that he's pro-worker and he's going to reach across to union workers. That's what CNN was saying, parroting what Donald Trump is saying, which is clearly lies and clearly part of his gaslighting campaign. But let me let me show you this. Let's go through 
the lowlights of what went down at Donald Trump's speech in South Carolina. And then I'm going to show you some of the posts that Donald Trump made recently. And then we'll compare it to the coverage out there so you can see that legacy media just doesn't get it. In addition to Donald Trump just saying the most dangerous things and vile and weird there's serious issues. And this isn't, oh, he's got cognitive decline issues, blah, blah, blah. He really does. He really does. Before our very eyes, last week he was talking about how he believed he ran against Barack Obama in 2016 and that he's running against Barack Obama now. Last week, Donald Trump said that President Biden's going to start World War II. And at his most recent speech that just took place in South Carolina, here are the types of things that he was saying. Trump believed that Jeb Bush was the president that got us into the war in Iraq. And watch him short circuit on this clip. Play it. It's less than four months before the season starts. We start in Iowa. We go to New Hampshire. We come down here. You know, the beauty was when I came here, everyone thought Bush was going to win. And then they took a poll and they found out Trump was up by about 50 points. Everyone said, what's going on right here? They thought Bush, because Bush supposedly was a military person. Great. You know what? He was a military. He got us into the uh, he got us into the Middle East. How did that work out? Right. But they all thought that uh, Bush might win. Jeb. Remember Jeb? He used he used the word Jeb. He didn't use the word Bush. I said, you mean he's ashamed of the last name? And then they immediately started using the name Bush. Never forget it. And it gets worse from there. Here, Donald Trump thinks yeah. that windmills are like frequently killing whales. And this is what he's talking about. He goes, you know, they want your ships to go 11 miles per hour, but the rail issue are windmills. And they just, there's more whales being killed by windmills. This is just making this stuff up. And by the way, what in the world are you talking about? Here, play this clip. The Biden administration is right now trying to bludgeon the boating and maritime industry, we were just discussing it with a lot of boat companies back there that create a lot of jobs and having a hard time. With a boat speed limit of less than 11 miles an hour, about 10 miles an hour. In other words, like a slow golf cart. It's like, a, think of it, along the entire eastern part of our country. This is supposedly in the name of preventing whale strikes. But you have a better chance of being struck by lightning than hitting a whale with your boat. There has only been, listen to this, one such whale killed off the coast of South Carolina in the last 50 years. But on the other hand, their windmills are causing whales to die in numbers never seen before. Nobody does anything about that. They're washing up and show. I saw it this weekend. Three of them came up. They wouldn't, you wouldn't see it once a year. Now they're coming up on a weekly basis. The windmills are driving them crazy. They're driving, they're driving the whales, I think a little batty. The windmills, they're driving the whales a little batty. Like this is not, this is unwell, like, like a, a very sick and disturbed individual. Like what he's saying is dangerous, but like an adult deranged person, like before our eyes, like up there, what in the world is he talking about? And, and, and here's another one, ready? Donald Trump, and this one is joking with the crowd, or maybe he's being serious, that he should have given himself the Congressional Medal of Honor because he flew into Iraq when he was president. Play this clip. I said, you got to be, I flew to Iraq, remember? 
And I came back. Remember that brave flight when we landed on a runway with no lights? And I said, I want the Congressional Medal of Honor for myself. I said, am I allowed to give myself the Congressional Medal of Honor, Russell? And they said, I don't think that would look too good, sir. I said, I agree with you on that. And here, Donald Trump falsely suggests that China inflicted COVID on the world because Trump was being tough on China. Watch this clip. Paid us hundreds of billions of dollars, not one President got 10 cents from China. I got hundreds of billions of dollars from China. They weren't too happy with me. Hence the China virus. Okay, and here Donald Trump goes on a really weird and bizarre rant about migrants having cell phones and saying that our veterans don't have cell phones. What I do know is that MAGA Republicans were fist bumping and celebrating when they were voting against the PACT Act, when they were voting against giving health care that our veterans so desperately need as MAGA Republicans want to defund and dismantle the VA. That's what their policies are. But here's what Donald Trump's talking about, that migrants with cell phones and veterans don't have cell phones. Play this clip. Weirdest thing, they come in by the tens of thousands, sometimes a day, and they all have, they have cell phones. I'm saying, where do they get the cell phones? Everybody has a cell phone. They're all talking on these beautiful cell phones. And they're expensive ones, too. They're nice ones. Somebody who's into that said, those are good phones. And then I say, who, pay, who pays their bills? Who's paying the bills, Marjorie? Do you want to check that? I'll give it to Marjorie. She'll figure that one out fast. No, but you ever notice? They're all coming in with cell phones. Our veterans don't have cell phones, do they? It's like the worst, most dangerous stand-up routine that is destroying our country. And they just sit there, the people, and they and they eat it up. And it's like, what are you even saying? What are you even talking about? And the worse he gets, like the more deranged he gets, the more they applaud at these events. It's truly a kind of just an ongoing vicious cycle of Trump where he is just constantly pivoting to. Have you heard him too while he's speaking? He doesn't seem to even know where he's going with his sentences. He'll be like, and then I told him, and then have you heard about the China virus, the China and the whales, the whales, the, the dolphin? And you're like, big boats. What are, you, what are you even talking about? But what I like is that he's at least leaving no doubt that he's not making errors while he's speaking, that these are things that in his mind actually make sense. Like you could have written off that Jeb Bush clip as, oh, so he got Jeb wrong instead of a George W. Okay, so he mixed up the name quickly. But then he goes on for like the whole minute talking about, and then you saw his name, Jeb, Jeb, Jeb. He, he ran against me. You didn't get the last name. I told him, why are you ashamed of that last name, Jeb? Jeb, and then he went back to Bush. Oh. And it's like, what, what, what is happening in this just like deranged brain of his? If this person were sitting next to you at Thanksgiving dinner or any sort of holiday dinner, you would question their sanity. You would probably seek psychiatric help for that family member. You certainly would not say, you know what? You know what? This this person in my family, this cuckoo uncle, was sitting at the table ranting about dolphins flying into windmills or or whatever the hell this guy is saying. We should give that guy the nuclear codes. How about that? Let's give let's give the the dolphin windmill guy the nuclear codes. So what was CNN covering? Did CNN do the analysis that we just did? And by the way, I would think that the red alert that we just did here on the show is an existential threat that this is someone 
who is leading the Republican Party and who they're considering giving the nuclear codes to again. Th- that's how I would cover it, right? That's how I would devote my network time. That is how we're devoting our network time. But no, the CNN coverage not only focuses on Donald Trump claiming to be pro-worker and that he really cares about union workers, but they also go on with like how loud and how boisterous this rally is and this event is. And it's really not that loud. Like I want you all to pay attention. Like, yeah, Donald Trump is speaking, which is what's distracting the person who's uh, talking because there's another one person speaking in the back, but it's not like there's this you know huge amount of applause in the background and you can't hear like no you could hear it's pretty quiet and they go oh we can tell how loud these rallies are and how big these events are and he's talking about what a pro worker president he would want to be here play this clip endorsed Joe Biden. They have not yet endorsed in 2024. Donald Trump has been posting about this on Truth Social. His team believes that while he has had complications with unions in the past, that he can sell himself as pro-worker, essentially turn on the Biden administration on their green plans, their electric vehicle plans, say that those are going to kill jobs, and then say that Donald Trump himself is pro-worker. Now, whether or not that will work, of course, remains to be seen. But this is a group of people that in a general election... Trump does believe he can siphon votes off of. Kristen, you're a pro. If it is that loud in her microphone, (laughs) I can only imagine how loud it is in real life. We've been there and we know. Oh, my God, Kristen, you're a pro, Kristen. You're talking, Kristen, while he's talking. You're such a pro for just Pat. What are you talking? And that's what it's like when I watch that. I'm looking at these robots. Like I'm looking at these people whose brains are apparently just mush. Like destroyed. Like that's your takeaway from all of this. Christian, what a pro you are. You're able to speak while he's talking in the background. Great job, Christian. I mean, what? what? Yeah, you're not you're not going to mention the actual things that he's saying, and then you're not going to fact check those live. You're just going to be like Donald Trump say he he you know he says he's pro worker. Well, so you know we're going to see if that messaging works. But Donald Trump, you know, insisting he's very pro worker out here, and it is loud and boisterous, and boy, are people excited! <laughs> you're doing like a great I, job, Christian. Great, like, you're a great reporter. What? How, how about you mention while Donald Trump. Trump claims that he's pro-worker. Donald Trump is actually this week going to a non-union auto plant while Joe Biden actually walks the picket line with UAW union workers who are striking in the most historic pro-worker move by a president in more than a hundred years. President Biden actually will be standing side by side with the union workers while Donald Trump will actually be going to a non-union plant that is more than 50 miles miles away from where the striking workers are for a photo op. It doesn't, it's not that difficult to give that context. Or why don't you talk about all the ways that Donald Trump screwed over workers with his tariffs while he was president or screwed over workers by trying to take away their health care, screwed over workers by giving tax cuts to the wealthiest people in the country while burdening the while burdening the working class with higher taxes like there there's a lot there's these aren't hypotheticals there's actually a history here there's policy that has been implemented there are things that he is planning on doing right now there are things that he has been telling people maybe they should read our article about the 27 things that Donald Trump is promising for 2024 but there's a lot out there 
is all I'm saying. And it's not a joke to me. Like it's it, it's silly. He messes up his words. Like, yes, we should be bringing that up, but we shouldn't treat these events like they are jokes. Oh, look, he's so loud. Oh my goodness. I can't believe you're even able to cover it. Oh, tell me some more good things about the rally. It's doing such a disservice. And it's what these networks did in 2016 times like a billion. They have learned nothing. And in fact, I think they learned the complete opposite of the correct lessons that they should have taken away from those elections. And they are slow walking us right now into a very dangerous time. And what I don't understand, and we'll get to this soon, is Trump is directly threatening them as well. And I'll talk to you about some of my theories, which I actually brought up on the last podcast. But now since Trump directly threatened the media again in a very fascist anti-American post where he literally threatened to ban media networks that were going against them, that were not favorable to him. Have you seen this as a front page headline anywhere today that Donald Trump wants to investigate and ban the media that is not friendly to him? I'm I'm not sure I saw it anywhere. And I have basically the cable news on all day in my place, but they are going to be the first ones to go. And yet they are uplifting this guy every single day. We've had multiple union leaders on this show who we've interviewed and they've explained Donald Trump wouldn't even return their phone calls. Not only that, Donald Trump appointed people to his cabinet and leadership positions who were anti-union and worked against unions. Like, It's not hard to recognize Donald Trump brought in these people who had anti-union policies. President Biden brought in these people who had pro-union, pro-worker policies. Donald Trump implemented tax cuts for billionaires and decamillionaires. President Biden's working from a bottle up, a bottom up, middle out um, economy and focusing on workers and focusing on 99% of the people. Like the policies are very clear and it doesn't actually even require, again, like it doesn't require me to take out that archive shovel and try to like find all of these things. Like it's just basic objective reality. And I think what Donald Trump realizes is that he can lie about anything. And the bigger the lie, the more the media will report his big lie just because they're lazy. It's easy. They're also self-interested. They want access they don't actually care about the truth at all. And if they did, they would report on these things. Brett, you mentioned the threat that Donald Trump makes against NBC and Comcast and the media in general. Mind you, this occurred, what, four or five days after Donald Trump's Meet the Press interview on NBC, where Kristen Walker Welker gave a very kind of softball interview with him and called him Mr. President at all times. On on right after that, this is what Donald Trump posts. He goes, "There they are almost all dishonest and corrupt, but Comcast, with its one-sided and vicious coverage by NBC News and in particular MSNBC, often incorrectly referred to as MSDNC, Democrat National Committee, should be investigated for its country-threatening treason." Their endless coverage of the now fully debunked scam known as Russia, 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 and much else is one big campaign contribution to the radical left Democrat Party. I say up front openly and proudly 
that when I win the presidency of the United States, they and others of the lamestream media will be thoroughly scrutinized for their knowingly dishonest and corrupt coverage of people, things, and events. Why should NBC or any other of the corrupt and dishonest media companies be entitled to use the very valuable airwaves of the USA free? They are a true threat to democracy and are, in fact, the enemy of the people. The fake news media should pay a big price for what they have done to our once great country. And what Donald Trump is talking about right there is he wants state-run media. He looks at what's going on in North Korea with Kim Jong-un, what goes on in Russia with Vladimir Putin, and any modicum of criticism to him, any media that's not fully obedient, like this right side broadcast network, and to some extent Fox with certain hosts, but he attacks others. If you're not fully obedient, he's going to use government to shut you down. And the lesson that should be learned by legacy media is, look, you're the fourth estate. You know, be be strong, <laughs> stand up, like do your job. But actually, right now they learn the opposite lesson, which is they go back to their boardroom and they're like, "Oh no, we we better provide him with better coverage because we don't want him writing mean posts about us. And if he does get elected, we need to prove to him that we're going to be there for him, so he doesn't hurt our stock price. Which is he's going to hurt your stock price. He's going to shut you down. Okay. Same thing with all the Republicans, you know, who he labels rhinos. You're the first in his, in his world that he's going to go after first. The people who are like, well, you know, I, I won't support him first, but, you know, if I have to vote for him, I believe that he's a fascist who wants to overthrow democracy. I guess I'll vote for him. No. Learn the lessons from history. And you always hear that expression about learning the lessons from history. And it's staring us right in the face what's going on here. This is red alert, red alert, red alert behavior. Brett, I want to hear your theory on that. But then I want to show you that it wasn't limited to this. He threatened to execute America's top military general, Mark Milley. He talks about ordering MAGA Republicans to shut down the government and then blame the suffering of Americans on President Biden. I mean, this is his behavior. Yeah, I'm also sickened by like the constant gaslighting, like the media, th their response to a post like that from Donald Trump accusing the media of treason, accusing them of treason, then saying that they oh, need to pay for what joking. they have done, saying that they need to be investigated and removed from the airwaves. They'll be like, well, he didn't explicitly say that he was going to ban the media. So fact check false. And uh, in fact, he just said like he's going to investigate them. And if they're doing something wrong, then he'll do something about it. Like, don't you want no, listen to what he's saying? Listen to what the guy is saying. I think a lot of them are afraid of access. I think access is so important to these people. They want to be able to interview them. They like, that's why the Kristen Welker, the Meet the Press interview, that was like her big moment, right? I get to launch this new show with a former president. You're, you're launching your new show with, with a rapist. You're, la you're launching this new show with somebody who is facing 91 criminal counts from five indictments, if you're including the superseding indictment against Donald Trump. That's who you've decided to launch your show with. Who else would you launch your show with? Would you launch your show with Danny Masterson? Would you launch your show with, I don't know, like Harvey Weinstein? I could name you a list of people and you'd probably be like, of course not. 
Of course not. But Donald Trump's okay. The guy who tried to overthrow our democracy, you are going to treat this like it is normal and you're not even going to offer pushback during the interview. You're just going to let him run right over you and go, for those who want to see a fact check, you could go to NBCNews.com slash Trump fact check after the show. No, that's not how we do it. And Trump has understood and he's understood this for a very long time, that the media can be bullied into doing his bidding, that he can work the ref, so to speak. And then I think there's even something deeply kind of embedded in the psychology of a lot of these journalists who are totally okay if in the future they are mouthpieces of a state-run media organization. They want to be eligible for for those jobs. It would be easier (laughs) for them. They'd get the stories handed to them. They wouldn't have to put any thought into what they do. And I I pointed this out like, what, last week or something? I I said, if you don't believe me, look at how quickly, and not all of them, there were some people who held strong like Oliver Darcy and Jim Acosta. There were a few voices at CNN who continue to do a really good job and continue to do a really good job. But remember back when CNN switched owners, and CNN was far from perfect before they switched owners, but think about how quickly the tone shifted at CNN just because they had a new boss. Now imagine if that was the president of the United States threatening them with prosecution, how quickly they would change on a dime and do whatever Donald Trump wants them to do. That to me is the scariest thought. And I know you all know that that is absolutely true. And look at the people though on all these networks too, Ben, like the people who are hosts of these right side broadcasting networks or whatever the hell you want to call whatever they're called. He's got like Kimberly Gargoy, Kim, uh, Gilfoyle as one of the hosts of one of the shows, like Matt Gates hosts a Newsmax show. Don Jr. is always on one of these other networks. Marjorie Taylor Greene is an analyst on RSBN. Her boyfriend is like the head of programming. Brian Glenn, he's the head of programming for RSBN. Alina Haba is like a, 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 a correspondent on these networks. You got Christine Bob is a correspondent on these networks. Like his people, literally the Trump people are the ones running all of these Trump propaganda networks. And that is his vision for how CNN should look, MSNBC should look, Fox should look. That's what he wants. And he is doing it right now in ways that he can. But if the media lets themselves get bullied like this day in and day out, and they usher in a Trump presidency because of the way that they are behaving, that is what these networks are going to look like in a few years. And that's a scary thought for me. When I showed that clip of CNN, those hosts who were in studio, as I said, it was like robotic. It was. It's very weird. When I saw Kristen Welker doing that interview of Trump too, I like... I didn't know to like feel bad for her or worry for like I was just perplexing like there was no self-awareness of what was going on and she was like going through the motions of it but just not recognizing and not doing anything when the statements coming back were really really disqualifying and and dangerous and here's the thing too though and and here's what makes me hopeful the American people get it. Like the American people, not the MAGA Republicans, the American people, the real silent majority, the people who watch the Midas Touch Network and other pro-democracy networks, like we we get it and we're watching it together and we're like, wait, wait, what? Like what are they saying? That was CNN's response to that. And that's ultimately why when we did the Midas Touch Network, people like, yes, 
okay, thank you. There are other people out there. I don't just watch this and think this is utterly insane. Like, I don't watch the, the new one is MAGA Republicans attacking Taylor Swift and attacking the Swifties <laughs> and attacking her new boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. This is bonkers. This is un- unbelievable. And it shows you how also how stupid they are. Out of all the people who you're going to make your public <laughs> enemy number one, you've decided to attack the most beloved individual in the country maybe even in the world right now, you're going to attack Taylor Swift. And let's dissect why they're attacking Taylor Swift here. There are two or three reasons why they're attacking Taylor Swift. Uh, The immediate reasons are that Taylor Swift is dating a Kansas City Chiefs player, uh, Travis Kelsey. And Kelsey is a, he's doing endorsements for Pfizer, and he's doing endorsements for Bud Light. He's promoting the vaccine, which is a cardinal sin for Magda. How dare you promote the vaccine? They still spread their vaccine conspiracy theories. They still, every single day. And they're like biggest insults, which really don't resonate with normal people. Like there's that guy, Clay Travis, who was like one of the big people attacking Taylor Swift. Um, When people would come at him like with just like straight facts, he'd be like, (laughs) I I bet you're vaccinated. (laughs) And you're like, yeah. I, yeah. Why is that? Is that a diss? Is it supposed to be an insult? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The vaccinated people, you know, aren't dying anywhere near the numbers of un- unvaccinated people. So actually it's, it's a good thing. So I, I don't know how that's become a, a diss in your world, but perhaps oh you, my get God. Your- you take, you take showers, <laughs> you brush your teeth, <laughs> deodorant, <laughs> get a load of this guy, bro. Get a look, get a load of this guy. So he, he's doing uh, endorsements with Pfizer to promote the vaccine. He is also doing endorsements with Bud Light. And, oh, oh the my beer. God. They oh my gave, God. They said three they beers. They sent a beer to one trans person. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. We, we haven't stopped crying. It's been, it's been this eight months and we've just been crying over this 30 second Instagram clip because a, a transgender person drank my beer that my I Bud liked Light. and drank my, my Bud, Bud Light. It was a 30 second video. <laughs> These people are <laughs> psychotic. They're still talking about it. They're still mad yeah. about this. Yeah. So they're, there they're, are those they're, they're shooting the Bud Lights with, with guns. They're, yeah, they got their AR-15. They're yeah. nutsos. So then in addition to those two things, those two endorsements, they're also incredibly mad because Taylor Swift engaged in the cardinal sin of, drumroll please, registering people to vote. Telling people, if you want to get involved in the upcoming elections, not even pushing a political agenda, political party, or, or saying these people are nuts. But hey, Swifties, you guys should vote in this upcoming election. Here's a link. And she signed up tens of thousands of people to register to vote. And this really, really, really triggered MAGA. They were absolutely furious. And you'll see that this is by nature. This is one of their main things. They hate people who vote. They hate when people hate vote it. because the more people that vote, the more likely MAGA loses, which is why they're constantly trying to pass bills that limit voter participation. And it's why we've seen even in recent days, Donald Trump at least two times attack Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro and his efforts to implement 
automatic voter registration in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Now, automatic voter registration is commonplace in, at this point, nearly, I would say, about half the country, 20-something states. It's not exactly a rare idea for this to be occurring, but Trump is terrified when people vote, especially in the the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, that he insists, I want it. I I, I swear I want it. Meanwhile, uh, he got absolutely trounced in Pennsylvania, and they got trounced in the Senate in Pennsylvania, and things have not been looking great for them since then, with Democrats pulling a big win recently in a special election in Allegheny County as people continue to reject MAGA. But let me see if I have this Trump statements, these statements on the Pennsylvania. Well, on. Before there, I, 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 I want you to get the Trump statement, but I want to stay on the Taylor Swift strain for a second right here. So the CEO of the Federalist, this guy named uh, Sean Davis, wrote the following, Taylor Swift is dumb and her music sucks. It's a MAGA Republican right there. MAGA Republican Nick Adams says, Taylor Swift loves communism. She hates President Trump and she hates America. And Kelsey's doing ads for Bud Light. They are good together. New York posted a hit piece on Travis Kelsey. What did, um, oh, who's this guy? Uh, tr- that, that, that Clay Travis guy, what he posted. This guy's like the, this guy's the biggest loser of them all. Trey, Clav- Trey Clay Travis wrote, Travis Kelsey is doing Bud Light and COVID shot commercials. He needs to fire all his marketing agents or he needs to just go ahead and cut his dick off, become a chick and endorse Joe Biden. I love how these MAGA Republicans think just being like a total jerk and a freaking weirdo makes you macho and masculine. It it actually is quite the contrary. These pathetic little fools, these MAGA Republicans who act this way. How how weak can you be to engage in conduct like that? Jack Posobiec goes, Fo- the Pizzagate goes, guy, photos, P- Pizzagate yeah. Jack. So this Pizzagate guy, guy goes photos of Travis Kelsey scoring a six, and it's photos of Travis Kelsey scoring touchdowns. And then there's a photo of him with Taylor Swift. So he's saying that Taylor Swift is ugly and calling her a six is what I guess he's trying to imply there. I mean, calling an, a beautiful American icon, and in Travis Kelsey, someone who is just an, an overall like class act, good person, like a- attacking them. Here's the thing. These MAGA Republicans live in their right-wing festering echo chamber, and they're so emboldened that the media doesn't take them on, that they think that they're super strong, the rules don't apply to them. You know, and they, they think, think they're invincible, they're, these people. They look think at, they're let invincible. Let me bring up Sean Davis. Let me put don't Sean worry, Davis. Don't worry, their cult left. leader, Donald Trump, will help them out. That's, yeah, that's Sean Davis right there. Sean Davis is shaking in his, I'm sure Taylor Swift is shaking in her boots right now. That I'm sure this Travis individual, Kelsey is shaking yeah. in his boots. It's also Kelsey. At, at, this is Sean I mean, Davis of the Federalist. Right? It's a movement, this MAGA Republican crap that's based on jealousy and hate and misogynism. And that shouldn't be like that's what a political – it's weird that that's like a political party. Like those things are now Republican. <laughs> like being compassionate, intelligent, supporting science is what it means to be a Democrat and and that's an odd dichotomy right now, but I'm on the side that's compassionate and that supports science and that supports our democracy, not the side that's attacking Taylor Swift right now in, in these horrific misogynistic terms. But they're embol- it shows that they're emboldened. Do you have Trump's post, Brett, from the weekend? 
Yeah, I'll pull it up Pennsylvania right here. Post. The Pennsylvania one. I've 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 got all of them, and here's Trump. Here, you know, he's two two. The first one is all caps, which alone, you look at this post, you're like, this, this is a demented individual, Donald Trump. Uh, I'll do it in my all caps voice. Okay, the Democrats are trying to steal Pennsylvania again by doing the automatic voter registration scam. They never stop. Obama and his radical left. Th- oh, how does Obama get involved in this? This is <laughs> does he does he still think he's running against Obama? Okay, Obama and his radical left thugs are pushing this and the Democrats, including the new liberal governor, are thrilled if Republican, quote, leadership and he forgets to end the quote of leadership so I'm not quite sure when this quote is supposed to, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there was supposed to be an end quote somewhere, but he's not mentally there, this guy. If Republican leadership, including the disaster we have in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, together with Kevin M. and the RNC, finally don't take action now. We have to throw everybody out who can stop the scams, cheating and rigging and win. The Pennsylvania Republican Party must energize, get tough and stop this scam. Our country is at stake. And then like 24 hours later, Donald Trump was at it again, whining and crying on a social media account after previously demanding to throw out all the Republicans that don't stop people from voting. Here's the next message. He goes, Pennsylvania is at it again. The radical left governor, Josh Shapiro just announced the switch to automatic voter registration, a disaster for the election of Republicans, including your favorite president, me. This is a totally unconstitutional act and must be met harshly by Republican leadership in Washington. Likewise, the RNC, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's so, so, so lame and boring and whiny. And let's get at the core of what he's upset about. People voting. He's mad that people are allowed to vote and that it's been made easier for people to vote by perhaps the most secure method to register voters that even exists. Registering to vote when you get a driver's license at a DMV. It's called Motor Voter. It's been around for a very long time. In many states, it's now in Pennsylvania, and it tells you everything you need to know that Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends are against it. That that's what he's calling a scam, that that's what he's saying is rigging, that people are registering to vote and utilizing their right to vote. Wow. I just want to show you this one, too. This is Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff America's former uh, top- uh, Sorry, that's Sean Davis again. (laughs) (laughs) Former top general. Um, And this is what Trump says about uh, General Milley. The guy turned out to be a woke train wreck and then says that the conduct by Milley is an act so egregious that in times, times gone by, the punishment would have been death, he says, exclamation point. And he calls what Milley engaged in a treasonous act. And then he says, to be continued. In, and here's the thing too, Brett, like don't gaslight me. That's a death threat, okay? When he goes to be continued, when Donald Trump's whole thing is like make America like it was in the past, when he's yeah. saying that this person would have been killed in times in the past and executed, let's like don't tell me that this is a joke or the, and that's what the media said. Oh, this he didn't actually threaten. He said in times of the past. Could you imagine for a moment a moment if President Biden wrote anything remotely like this. Wow. 
And by the way, in case there was any doubt whatsoever, and there was no doubt whatsoever, Steve Bannon immediately reposted Donald Trump's statements and said there will be military tribunals against Milley in a second Trump administration. So they're not exactly hiding what they want to do here, okay? They want to ban the unfriendly press against him. He wants to execute military generals who spoke out against him. And what do we get? We get a weak, squishy media that doesn't know how to act. And I know that there are people out there who do a great job. There are some great people on MSNBC. I think Acosta does a great job on CNN. There are great people. So I'm not speaking about everybody. But on the whole, these media organizations are not rising to the moment. And when you could even go on Google right now, look up Trump on Google News and look at the top articles because I did it right before the show. The top articles were all about that ridiculous Washington Post poll. Biden losing to Trump in general election. It was every article I saw today. And the ones that were about this issue, for example, the Mark Milley issue, right? You'd think that would be a pretty big story, right? That's like, that's front page news. You know, you have a former president of the United States threatening to execute a military general. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. Well, this is the article that the New York Post ran about this. They said General Mark Millery polarizing Washington Joint Post. Chief Washington Post. Sorry, what did I say? General Mark. I get why there would be confusion. It looks yeah, like a New York. Post it looks headline. like a New York Post headline, but this is in fact the Washington Post. My mistake. General Mark Milley polarizing Joint Chiefs Chairman exits center stage. Polarizing Joint Chiefs Chairman. And this is another example right here, like the CNN uh, moment before, where you have the media taking cues from how the Trumpers frame things. There's nothing really polarizing about this guy. The General Milley refused to go along with Donald Trump's plan to overthrow the government on January 6th. General Milley has made mistakes in the past during the Trump administration for which he has owned up for. But I don't think at this moment in time, anybody would consider General Milley a polarizing figure. I would ask polarizing to whom? General Milley's polarizing to Putin apologists. He's, he's polarizing to MAGA extremists. He's polarizing to the people who wanted to attack our capital, who did attack our capital, the people who wanted to overthrow the United States government. He's polarizing to those people. I'm sorry, that's not how a headline should read out here. There should be a headline in this paper that Donald Trump is calling for the execution of a U.S. military general. And I think that's why a lot of these messages are not reaching the people they need to be reaching because they get so sanitized and watered down and twisted in many ways to make Millie the villain of the situation. Like that's what the Washington Post headline is doing. It made Millie the villain, not the person threatening to execute him. That's a big problem. Or how about this one? This is from the Washington Post opinion section from Kathleen Parker. And she writes, and this was what they posted on their Twitter or X, as little as I have loved Republicans the past few years, coinciding with the rise of our own little autocrat, at least Donald Trump knows how to dress 
And then randomly, the photograph is of three black lawmakers that have nothing to do with the underlying article. And then it says, opinion, dressing down for the Senate is just bad manners. And let me be very clear. Donald Trump dresses atrociously, by the way. I mean, not that that even matters, but the guy wears a tie that looks ridiculous. His outfits look ridiculous. He's not well-dressed, number one. But then the broader point here is that. That's what you're focusing on. You're saying that our little autocrat, look at our little cute autocrat here. Our little autocrat. It's the craziest. Our little cute autocrat. You know, how crazy is this? I mean, this is the Washington Post. Look at our little cute autocrat here, Donald Trump, who's well-dressed, but the uh, senator from Pennsylvania, the, the Democrat who's recovering from depression and a stroke, um, you know, he, I don't like that he's wearing sweatshirts, by the way, one of the few senators who's like, Hey, you need to resign Bob Menendez. I want to talk about that more in a little bit as well. We've got a lot of show still left folks. And I want to remind everybody as well that after this show, we do the after show here on the Midas touch network. And I'll tell you the topic of this one, because you may enjoy it. Go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. That's where you can watch the after show. We don't have outside investors on the Midas Touch Network. So one of the ways we grow our platform is through our Patreon. We've got great after shows, by the way, and they're all archived there. So if you ever wanted to know the origin story of Michael Popak, Karen Friedman Agnifilo, my origin story, if you wanted to see some great videos with Michael Cohen, we share stories how we started the Midas Touch Network together. And we always do an after show after the show. Go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. It helps grow the platform. We're going to do a great after show. The one I'm going to do is how did I get involved as the lawyer on the Fire Festival case? Oh, I like that. Because um, I was back in the day before Minus, I was in the Netflix doc and, and the, the Hulu, Hulu doc at like the same time. At the same time on Fire Festival. So, how in the world did that happen? And did that help inform any of my experiences at Minus Touch? I don't know about that necessarily, but we'll see. We'll find out. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Midas Touch. I'll share that story and we'll talk about some other fun ones, but we still have a lot of show. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. It's fall, which means you should be picking apples, not wedgies. Get yourself new underwear that'll take care of your whole fruit basket. That's Tommy John. When you wear Tommy John, you're that much more comfortable, so you can do everything better. Tommy John underwear and loungewear have dozens of comfort innovations, like breathable, lightweight, moisture-wicking fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands that keep you comfortable no matter what the season throws at you. With over 20 million pairs sold, 20 million and thousands of five-star reviews, guys across America love their Tommy Johns because there's no sticking or chafing. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers, they have fanatics. One Tommy John fanatic raves, the most comfortable boxer briefs ever. There's no downside. Buy one pair, you'll never want to wear any other underwear again. Now, I love my Tommy Johns. They made me look and feel great. I am urging you, if you haven't tried Tommy Johns yet, go get yourself a pair immediately. Plus, you're always covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. Get 20% off your first order right now at tommyjohn.com slash Midas. Save 20% at tommyjohn.com slash Midas. That's tommyjohn.com slash Midas. See site for details. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? 
If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend that you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at that perfect temperature all night long. Now, using silver infused fabrics originally inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at that perfect temperature all night so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than the bed sheets used by some five-star hotels. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash Midas to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo code Midas at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash Midas and use the code Midas to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash Midas to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this. Welcome back to the Midas Touch podcast. We are live. I've been following some of the questions in the uh, in the chat. People have asked, how is the after show different than the show? The after show usually lasts about 10 to 20 minutes. And we just discuss certain things. Usually you get a more kind of personal look into me and my brothers. And we share some personal stories, things that we couldn't get to necessarily during the show. And it's just an exclusive podcast feature that we offer to our patrons who go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Because we try to find very fun ways to grow this platform. I think it may be a typical business model that you would go out and try to find investors and do all of that. That's not what we're trying to do here. So the way we grow this is kind of through the emojis that you see on the uh, YouTube, which are fun, and then separately the Patreon. And so we have a, a fun time with that. And there, I saw a few comments saying that this is pre-recorded. It absolutely isn't pre-recorded right now. It's 5.56 Pacific time. If you want me to show you something else, we are always absolutely live here when we do the shows. And it's important that we're live in case there's breaking news. I want to be able to report it uh, to you all as it's happening. And there's a lot of developing news um, right now, especially as it relates to the uh, government shutdown. I want to show you the kind of latest MAGA Republicans refusing to fund the government. There was a direct order made by Donald Trump for MAGA Republicans not to fund the government and then to blame it on President Biden. There is the post right there. And Donald Trump says the Republicans lost big on the debt ceiling, got nothing, and now we're worried they will be blamed for the budget showdown. Wrong. Who's ever president will be blamed. In this case, crooked as hell Joe Biden. Our country's being systematically destroyed by the radical left Marxist, fascist thugs, blah, 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 blah. Shut it down. It says, unless you get everything from the Democrats. And one of those things that Donald Trump is saying that he wants is to defund any investigations into him and to stop special counsel Jack Smith's investigation, which is not even possible. And by the way, I'll show you in a bit that 
the MAGA Republicans are following those orders. They are listening to that. And I, I guess that's what their plan is going to be, shut it down, cause a huge amount of suffering in this country, throw our country into a recession, and then blame it on President Biden. Like, like, that's, like that's the game plan. That's why it's so important that you all share this video and share this network because we need people to understand the truth with all of the disinformation that is out there. I want to show you, for example, like what was Kevin McCarthy saying uh, over the weekend? Again, the way this works, and, and this is where like basic civic understanding is important. Like the House is the one who needs to pass the appropriation bills. And President Biden already did a deal with the Republicans and the MAGA Republicans when it came to the debt ceiling issue when they were holding the country hostage, then the MAGA Republicans. And so the deal's already been done. And now MAGA Republicans want to back out of a deal that they did because they don't want to fund anything related to Ukraine. They don't want to fund anything related to COVID, and they don't want to fund anything relating to the Department of Justice or the FBI. Then you have some other Republicans who are like, what are you doing? Like, We're in districts where we may not get elected if we don't support those basic things. So they, the MAGA Republicans, aren't even able to pass the rule right now. They can't even get a debate going on the vote yet alone get the vote going. So Kevin McCarthy didn't even have the votes to formally adjourn. So they just had to kind of like show up, bang the gavel, and then leave. Just think about that. So while uh, Nancy Pelosi, when she was Speaker of the House Democrat, passed these massive pieces of legislation that now MAGA Republicans want to take credit for, even though they opposed all of the things, whether it was infrastructure stuff or PACT Act stuff or Inflation Reduction Act stuff or CHIPS Act stuff, all of the stuff that she did. Kevin McCarthy and the MAGA Republicans can't even get the amount of votes to adjourn, to leave for the weekend. That, that's And that's not exaggeration. Like That's truthfully what's going on. So here's Kevin McCarthy. This is from the weekend saying, if you're a holdout now, you're trying to get a person into a shutdown. Like They want to like blame me for this. Here, play this clip. Last week, you said that these holdouts are trying to burn the place down. Do you still feel that way? Well, if you're holding out now, you're trying to get a person into a shutdown. You, you've been stopping the bills from ever coming up. I don't know how you stand up and then say, well, he hasn't brought them up. The only reason they haven't come up, they've been out of committee, people have read them. I've been asking for amendments since back to July, mm -hmm. so we can bring them up. But if you can't pass the rule, it's hard to bring it up. It's almost that they, they want to walk you into a shutdown, then blame you for the shutdown. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think we should show we can govern, and that's what the majority of us all have been doing. Uh, I watch what's happening on the border each and every day because of this Biden administration. I want to secure our border. And I think everybody wants to be able to do that. But if you don't bring the bills up, it makes it very difficult for us to be successful. And you'll see that's a theme they keep on bringing up. But they're also not serious about it. We want to have serious discussions about the border. And I'm going to show you in a little bit what AOC had to say about it. Democrats keep talking about comprehensive immigration reform, like an actual bill that addresses- And by the way, the have actually passed it in the past. And in a situation where they once passed it, like the Republicans refused to even bring it to the floor of the Senate after the Democrats in the House passed this bill, that every opportunity they get, they refuse to actually 
assist and help with the border issue because they like using the border as a wedge. These Republicans like Jim Jordan and Kevin McCarthy and Marjorie Taylor Greene, they love tweeting or Xing. Or whatever the heck you call it. They love, they love yapping. Okay. But they Talking don't actually shit, they like, don't get shit done. They don't get shit done. And we're in the get shit done era, Ben. And when these people aren't getting shit done, you know who's left to pick up the pieces. It's President Biden and all the Democrats who, by the way, if Kevin McCarthy actually wanted to keep this government open and wasn't afraid of his own shadow, he would go to the Democrats and be like, okay, listen. I don't have the votes on my side. These people, they want to get rid of all the funding. I know this thing, even if we got all these dream, these wish lists of these crazy people through, it's never even going to pass the Senate. So we're spinning our wheels for something that isn't even going to happen in the first place. It, it, we, we can't even do the bare minimum. So Hakeem Jeffries, let's get together. Let's figure out a compromise bill based on the agreement that we made months ago and let's get this passed. Kevin McCarthy is too afraid to do that because he knows the backlash that he will receive from that. And that will ultimately result in him getting a motion to vacate the chair and will result with him being removed from his position as Speaker of the House. So he refuses to do the right thing. They constantly pivot to, but the border, but the border. And they try to also like gaslight each other about things like, well, if we can't keep the government open, then we won't be able to continue to investigate Hunter Biden. Like the, the, the excuses that they come up to try to even like get each other to agree to a continuing resolution. It's just so transparent and so pathetic. It's like they're constantly speaking yeah. to toddlers here and they refuse to do the bare minimum. They can't even govern at all. Like they don't even know the first thing about governing. They can even get a vote through to adjourn. So I know they want to talk about the border. Y'all can't even vote to leave for the weekend. And when you talk about, that's true. And when we talk about the border, the same way when we talk about things like COVID or the insurrection, we should have serious conversations rooted in reality. So when MAGA Republicans just say, shut it down, shut it down, in what globalized world can you, when there are billions of dollars every day and truck companies and people coming through in a globalized society that actually is necessary for our economy, that you just shut it down? And I know the performative thing is build the wall, build the wall. Okay, have you, first off, you're not able to build it, number one. Number two, people can dig underneath it, they can go above it, they can cut out in the middle of it, and it it's not a real solution. So the moment you start to have serious conversations with a group of MAGA Republicans who can't even take a vote to leave for the weekend, that's where the breakdown happens. And all MAGA Republicans want to do, their dream is to screw the country. And Democrats need to message this better. What MAGA Republicans want to do is not actually solve the issue on the border. Instead, they want to have Elon Musk and that guy who, you know, who, who seems to be working hand in glove with him, who's got the camera on the border every day, who takes the video of brown people crossing. And then it's like, Look, look at it, this America. Look, it's an invasion. It's an invasion. And look, it is very serious, but then let's come up with a serious solution and don't say, you know, hey, you just shut it down, shut it all down. No, like 
Let's actually address it. And I'm going to show you a clip in a moment of AOC's like, yeah, you know, one of the reasons why all of a sudden you're seeing an influx in Venezuelan migrants, because we're putting very severe sanctions on the government that's actually impacting the people and creating a very desperate and dire situation. And that's being sponsored by MAGA Republican Marco Rubio. I thought her response talking about it was brilliant. Anyway, let me show you this though. This is Kevin McCarthy telling the reporter that you just saw when she asks, so is, is America, is our government going to be shut down? And he goes, no, we never give up here. Why? It's weird. Just play it. Such a creep, this guy. Should Americans expect a shutdown at this point? No, we never give up. So you don't think there's going to be a shutdown? Look, I think we're able to work through this at the end of the day, get there. No, nothing of that. No, 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 no. And meanwhile, here, here, here's Ralph uh, Norman uh, with Jim Acosta on CNN. <laughs> And this is this is a MAGA Republican. He's asked if Americans should expect a shutdown. Watch what he says. Uh, so do you think we're heading toward a, sh- a shutdown? What, what's your sense of it right now? Yes, we are. Yeah. And, and by the way, when you watch the other interviews with Ralph Norman nuts. and he, he like, and, and nuts, I mean, and he's like, well, he, he basically says that this is how we can teach our country a lesson. And he blames the fact that the government shut down businesses during COVID. Again, acting like COVID's not a serious thing and acting like Donald Trump wasn't the person who was in office during that time period. And then, and then responds, well, we shut down businesses during COVID. And so look, Americans are on a very, very bad diet and we need to teach people a lesson about what our priorities are. I mean, yeah, that's it's like what, an abuser. It's, it's the way an abuser speaks. We constantly compare this Republican party to abusers and they behave like abusers day in and day out. It reminds me the other day also of there was, it was Clay Higgins, who was like one of the biggest creeps in the, in the house of the house, these house Republicans, like makes my skin crawl, this guy. And he went on this rant over the weekend when they were in session on, on something. And he was like, I don't even consider COVID to be dangerous. COVID is far down the list of, should be far down the list. I even view it like if the flu far down the list. And then the Democratic congressman goes- Congress member Nagoose, yeah, crushed he it. Goes, he, he, yeah, I don't have the clip, but he goes, I'd like to introduce an article titled from Clay Higgins, COVID Almost Killed Me. <laughs> and he introduced that into the record. When you're denying- that COVID is real when you're denying that COVID is dangerous, that conversation can't happen and we can't act to do get anything. When done. they say that they are more fearful over a trans person drinking a Bud Light than of themselves actually getting killed because they're not vaccinated. They're not, there's not a serious conversation to be had. And you and I were talking about this before the show. And, you know, and it goes back to the interview that we had with uh, Governor Josh Shapiro. We were talking with him about it. It's like, let's be serious and let's get shit done. And the MAGA Republicans, they talk a lot of shit and they are not serious people. I want to see that being messaged more. 
because that's just the reality of the situation. And I think that resonates with Americans. The reality is, is and I could be wrong, I'll, I'll take a look at the, the chat right here. I don't think what makes people go, hey, I want to watch the Midas Touch Network is that they go, this is a great progressive liberal show. I think if you look at my views and values, you'd probably say, hey, Ben's aligns more with progressive and liberal views, but I think my views are more pro-democracy and pro-normalcy first than any of those other labels. And I think that's actually our audience by and large. They're like, look, just we we like your opinion, Ben, Brett, and Jordy, but we also like give us the facts, give us the evidence, show us what the people are saying in their own words. And Foster and promote compassion and decency and normalcy and democracy first and foremost. And let's get things done for the people. Enough of this toddler fascism crap. And that's to me something I want to talk about over and over again. And I want to see Democrats talking about, especially on the issue of immigration. Okay, you want to talk about that? Well, stop using it as performative BS then. Let's talk about how we have serious solutions. Here's our serious solutions. And all you want to do is say, I invented the word caravan. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I invented that word. Look at me. Like, no, that's not a, that's not, you're not a serious person. Because essentially, the second that you actually decide to take a stance on an issue and you actually try to make hard decisions and try to compromise and try to figure out how to fix incredibly complex, nuanced issues, then you're on the record for something, right? And then you could be attacked. And these Republicans do not want to be on the record for anything other than their extreme hardline stances. So the second you get an immigration bill, that's a comprehensive bill that really gets to the core of the problem that says, you know what? These this group of people, this they deserve a pathway to citizenship, and they need to accomplish these tasks to do that. These people need to go to the back of the line. These people seeking asylum, there needs to be this pathway for them. Once you start outlining all those, what do they say? They go, amnesty, amnesty, it's amnesty. It's amnesty. They, want, they want an invasion. They want replacement. They want to replace your kids. And then it's just the non-starter. And you know, there, were, there was a clip that I had sent Ben, and we had posted it on our, uh, our social media accounts the other day, and it was between Republicans and Representative Tim Burchett and Secretary Pete Buttigieg. And it was at the very end of a hearing. I don't know if people saw this. It's a, it's a bit of a long clip, but I, I try to check out our feed and see if you could find it. Um, maybe we'll post it again after this. But they had one of the most boring conversations ever on the House floor. And I thought it was so great. And Burchett is no, he's a loon. I'm, I'll, I'll, like, I'll be straight up. This guy is crazy. But this is when you know, the, the primetime cameras were actually off of them. He was the last person to speak. And he even admitted in the beginning, you know what? All my colleagues got their zingers out here. So let me actually get down to business. And he said, and he starts going on about how he could help fix some parts of the roads or something like that. And him and Buttigieg had a very respectful back and forth and were working on ways to actually solve this issue. It was incredibly boring in the greatest of ways. And that was how our government should work. And I can't believe he actually admitted at the top of this clip, like, okay, our, my colleagues all got their things out. They're all going to be on, you know, all the Foxes and Newsmaxes and on the, all the YouTube shows today for all the crazy stuff they did. And, and so let me actually get down to business. But shouldn't your incentive really be, though, that you want to actually deliver for people? And the fact that they continue to use this shutdown as some sort of yep. cudgel 
uh, to punish the American people when there are real lives on the other end of the shutdown. Like people need to know what's at stake. Like women and children who count on, on WIC could be turned away from grocery stores pretty soon after the government gets shut down. Like that could be lead to people going hungry, going into debt. Some of the most pivotal pivotal federal aid programs, including those assisting the victims in Maui, could struggle to provide urgently needed support. The last government shutdown put something like 800,000 people out of work without paychecks. Like These are real people's lives on the line. And these MAGA Republicans just continue to write them off as if they are pieces of crap. And it really bothers me that anybody could be doing these sorts of things on on a human level. Marjorie Taylor Greene today at this Trump rally even went and and she commented on it and she was like, I don't think the Americans care about the f- people in the federal government losing their jobs. They'll be okay. <laughs> and I'll play you this clip because it's just- I want to do it like this though. Here's how yeah. I want to set up that clip though. Because- when the media wants to do their both sides-isms, right? What do they do? Well, on the right wing, they've got uh, Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene. And then on the left, you've got AOC. Oh, that bothers the crap crap out of me. Bothers the crap out of me. So let me debunk that narrative right now. And I'll do it with just clips. I'm not going to even give you my, you know, talking points about why I feel. I'll just show you the clips. This is from this weekend. This is AOC having a respectful and intelligent conversation about comprehensive immigration reform, as well as how sanctions against Venezuela is at the root of a lot of the problems with the influx of Venezuelan migrants. Play this clip. I definitely think that we need to have comprehensive immigration reform so that we aren't constantly doing this patchwork policy extensions. That has not happened for decades. But additionally, I think we also need to examine the root of this problem, because if we are constantly... engaging in foreign policy that drives people to our southern border. In this specific instance, uh, U.S. sanctions that were originally authored by Marco Rubio began and precipitated, certainly took a large part in the driving of populations to our southern border. Shortly after those sanctions, those broad-based sanctions— You're talking about Venezuela. Yes. Shortly after those broad-based sanctions were enacted, we started seeing uh, dramatic increases in these populations that were coming to our southern border. And so we have to address the root of these population movements and the migration crisis. And we also have to address the domestic U.S. policy issues when it comes to immigration reform. But you know, the Maduro government has also been responsible for large parts of that. Are you saying that you want to, you want the Biden administration to pull back pressure on him? I think we need to re-examine the nature of these sanctions. There are sanctions that are very specific. For example, the Magnitsky Act sanctions uh, that do actually focus on the decision makers and people who may be violating uh, norms, practices, civil rights, Mm -hmm. but broad-based sanctions that punish the overall economy and harm everyday working people that are driving them into the economic and political destitution that force millions of people, uh, both not just to the United States, but even to our regional partners. So on the one hand, you have AOC 
talking about the systemic issues that force these mass migration situations that lead to an immigration crisis at the border, how we can address them from an international standpoint, and a domestic comprehensive immigration policy. On the one hand, you have AOC saying that. On the other hand, we have Lauren Boebert talking about how Beetlejuice made her very, very horny. Play the clip. What happened? You just had a little too much to drink? No, Jesse, not at all. I was very excited about the actual musical. Um, huge fan of Beetlejuice. Anyone should go and see the musical if it's in your area. And please let me know how it ends because I've yet to see the ending. <laughs> so you were so enthralled by Beetlejuice, you got carried away. A little bit. You know, Jesse, it's been 20 years um, since I was in the dating scene. And back then there were not infrared cameras um, watching my every move. Uh, but it's a lesson learned. Um, as I said, I'm truly um, humbled and apologize to uh, my, my people in Colorado's third district, um, those who I love. In my position, it is my responsibility to bring levity to my constituents' lives, never gravity. Um, never should my actions burden those whom I represent. Uh, so uh, I will work uh, to only bring levity to them and uh, try to bring as much solution. Okay, she doesn't know what the word levity means. Stop with the levity word. You're, you're not a comedian. Your, <laughs> your job, job is to bring not, levity you, to anybody. Your jo- you're <laughs> not job. a levity, okay? Levity is not the word. Your job is to be a congresswoman and to represent the people as an adult, as a minimal threshold to show up like a professional and not blow not blow a vape smoke into the faces of <laughs> yeah, people during dr- a show drinking would have been a better juice. excuse quite frankly wow. then you know what wow. beetle just made me quite excited <laughs> I, 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 but you know, my job is to bring levity. What, what are you? Stop! You don't know what the words even mean. It's not the word isn't levity. What? Is, it's ridiculous. And by the way, this is Marjorie Taylor Greene. As I said, on the one hand, you have AOC coming up with a comprehensive policy, recognizing and understanding again that the migration movements are a problem. But how do we solve it? Nothing radical or extreme about anything that she said. You had Lauren Boebert there talking about Beetlejuice making her horny. And here we have Marjorie Taylor Greene with her boyfriend, Brian Glenn, on the right-wing propaganda network, RSBN, saying that she will not vote for government funding if it involves COVID, whatever that means, if it involves Ukraine and if it involves the special counsel. And she says that the government shutdown is not going to affect Americans and that Americans aren't worried about it. Play this clip. You know, we were talking earlier that we didn't feel any effects of the SAG, the actor strike. Now, we will feel the effects of a UAW strike because automobiles will become not as plentiful. Yeah. People will lose their jobs or lose their income. That's a big difference. But if, you, if, they, if the government shuts down, let's just be truthful. We're not going to miss it. It's already in, it's already over <laughs> overexposed anyway. Well, that's how the American people feel. The people that are affected are federal government employees, but the American people don't miss a beat in their jobs. That's the reality. Now we can we can talk about how it affects. Um, uh, 
uh, our ability to fund the government, we're not doing a good job in Washington right now. I, for one, have drawn my red lines. I'm not voting for COVID anything. I'm not voting for, for Biden's weaponized special counsels. I'm not voting for Ukraine. And I think that's where we should be drawing our red lines. That's where the American people are. Yeah. They're fed up with it. But unfortunately, uh, we're still going to be fighting over those issues. But I think there's a serious issue with these auto workers, Brian. Yeah. We, yeah, we aren't worried about the people protesting in Hollywood. No. But between the Democrats' Green New Deal and uh, them d- going to destroy the auto industry, change it to electric vehicles, these people that are out there striking, uh, their jobs are at risk. And there's nobody to blame except Joe Biden and the Democrats. Okay. And so here's the thing again, where legacy media totally fails. And so you can't have a serious conversation with that person, period. And she is someone in leadership for MAGA Republicans. When you say American people will not feel a government shutdown, it's the same when she says that insurrectionists are political prisoners. It's the same when she says COVID is not a serious issue. It's the same when they have we just shut down the border and build a wall. Okay, at that point, we're not we're not engaged in serious discourse. You're engaged in your MAGA cosplay fascism. Again, where y'all can't even agree amongst yourself to secure a vote to go home for the weekend. And then you have Democrats like AOC and like Jamie Raskin and like Dan Goldman and like the countless others who we highlight here. And I'm not going to spend the rest of the show naming every Democrat, but people with serious backgrounds who are coming up with serious solutions to problems. And here's the type of government I want. I want to have serious ideas meeting other serious ideas. And then there could be disagreements on the serious ideas. And then we try to reach agreements and compromises with a give and take from different perspectives. That's what a functioning government looks like. What does not allow government to function is where you hear Donald Trump say the things like, we need to execute Mark Milley, where you hear Marjorie Taylor Greene say, American people aren't going to feel it if there's a government shutdown or just burn it down or when they sing songs with the insurrection. It's incidentally, this is another part of that interview or whatever that was between, again, it's weird too. It's like the boyfriend and the girlfriend and they both left their spouses to be with each other and Brian Glenn dresses up in drag before and then he says that he's allowed to dress in drag because he finds it fun but he's against dressing in drag and ha 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 all the lefties attacking like the whole thing is built on hypocrisy and weirdness but and criminality but here is Brian Glenn and Marjorie Taylor Greene saying something I found very interesting because earlier in the day in South Carolina and that's where that clip came from the earlier uh, rally Donald Trump visited this gun shop which was actually the site 
of where the assault weapon was purchased, um, I believe, by that racist masked shooter who engaged in the slaughter of Jacksonville in August. That terrorist bought the gun from this gun shop. That's where Donald Trump went in South Carolina. And there was this Glock that they made of him that had his picture on it from his mugshot. It would be a violation of Donald Trump's terms of his felony indictments to have a to purchase a firearm in that situation. And by the way, MAGA Republicans are going after Hunter Biden for possession of a firearm while he was under the influence of narcotics back when he was a drug addict. That's kind of be a similar for. charge for what Donald Trump just did. Exactly. Donald Trump and fact did purchase this gun. And Ben, this was like at, at its best case scenario for Donald Trump and his team, this was a PR stunt that went horribly wrong. And excuse my pun, but this really backfired yeah. big time on Trump and the Trump campaign today and almost resulted and could still, we still don't yeah. know fully what happened here, could result in actual federal criminal felony charges here. So I'll let you- So the way, the way it went down was Trump's spokesperson, Steve Chung, the one who always- uh, gives all of those statements. It's the deep state witch hunt that's going on. It's like the same generic one to every outlet, like copy and paste. So he said, President Trump purchases the Glock in South Carolina, and then Trump shows it. And then Brian Glenn confirms that he purchased it. Here, play this clip of Brian Glenn. <laughs> 18 USC section 922 D1 makes it a federal crime to sell a firearm to a person who is under felony indictment. 18 USC section 922 sub N makes it a federal crime for a person under indictment to ship or transport a firearm. Section 922 sub D sub 1, it doesn't matter whether it was a sale, it's unlawful to sell or otherwise dispose of a firearm to a person you reasonably know is under felony indictment. So if indeed he purchased it, both the store and Donald Trump would be committing- Or was given it, or guy was gifted yeah. it. And if he took possession of it and it became his, then it is a crime. And so immediately after this story broke, you know, all, all the lawyers came out and said, you just admitted to- yeah, What'd you say? Then they, then they said, then he lied and go, he actually- uh, yeah. uh, Do we have the post from CNN where they have like- you know, it was a uh, it was misreported, or it was like you know. Don't worry if you don't have it. No, the I way CNN did no, it was I'm not, like I'm not. I'm good, but I'm not psychic. But uh, what what did they say? I didn't even see this post. 
they just said it was a misunderstanding. Like they like, again, did his press release. Like what, what was the misunderstanding that everybody on his team said he purchased it? Yeah, that literally mis- everyone. It wasn't a misunderstanding. Everyone on his team said they bought it. His propaganda network went on TV. They, they went on their RSBN network and they said, we can now confirm that Donald Trump did in fact purchase that Glock. Isn't that great? Donald Trump loves the Second Amendment, everybody. And he purchased that Glock with his face on it. And then, and all the lawyers were like, you know, you just admitted to like a federal crime, right? And they were like, oh, what? I, 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 what? 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 What do you mean? And then you had Marjorie Taylor Greene like reverse her post. Marjorie Taylor Greene posted about it, and she was like, Donald Trump didn't actually buy that gun. Fake news. And then you had this Brian Glenn, her boyfriend, make his post, which was I, I, we had alongside that uh, video of him saying that he purchased the gun, where he goes, the fake press is at it again. The fake press, they're lying. About the you said it, you're the liar. You yeah. are the liar. And RSBN, you are the liar. Donald Not Trump, everything. you are the liar. Steve Chung, you are the liar. And so Steve Chung then deleted his tweet in a panic. It really, I think, completely upended the entire campaign today. And I'm sure Jack Smith. Surely wanted to get to the bottom of, did he actually take possession of that gun or did he not take possession of that gun? Because that is indeed a felony uh, if he did. And it's actually, you know, it's not not great. Okay. And and that's what I want to hear. Look, I want to hear President Biden and Democrats. Again, I want them out there just because this is just how I I want anybody out there saying these people, these Marjorie Taylor Greens and Lauren Boeberts and all of them, like, again, they're not serious people. They're not having adult, big person conversations. Like they're not engaged in credible things. Everything's a gaslight. Everything's, oh, we said it. We didn't say it. You know, I told you, you know, you are, but what am I like? It's just, it's like babyish fascist stuff. And, and, and here's one of them too. Like, this is where the Fox and MAGA Republican conspiracy like goes up in smoke because it's so easy to cross-examine and, and take the things they say apart because like they're all built not just on lies, but like bad lies. So like this whole thing that they say, they act like this, this Victor Shokin, this Ukrainian prosecutor who was fired while President Biden was the vice president, they act like Shokin was like this like great guy who was doing great work and he was going to stop Bur- Burisma. And then President Biden was like, you got to fire Victor Shokin. And then it was like, oh my God, like Victor Shokin was like a horrible human being. Like Victor Shokin and everybody in Ukraine who cared about the stability and democracy, like, we got to get rid of this guy. It was the policy of the European Union. It was the policy of democracies across the world that Victor Shokin had to go. And by removing Shokin, it made it more likely that Burisma would be prosecuted when you removed the corrupt prosecutor, Victor Shokin, who was in the pocket of Burisma. That's what all the testimony shows. So Fox brought in, I guess they just assumed that the former president of Ukraine was just going to support their deranged conspiracy, but they brought in the former president of Ukraine, Petro Poroshenko, and Brian Kilmeade asks the former president of Ukraine, 
thinking that this guy is going to support the Fox conspiracy. And it's incredible. The, the former president of Ukraine is like, you need to cut this out. Stop spreading conspiracies that are trying to divide the bipartisan support for Ukraine. Like we know what you're doing. Like Shokin's crazy. Here, play this clip and watch. But I had a chance to talk to uh, Victor Shokin, a man who says uh, he was uh, friends of yours, who you asked uh, to come back and help out during the transition uh, after the previous regime. Here's what he said on why he was fired by you. Listen, Poroshenko fired me. At the insistence of the then Vice President Biden, because I was investigating Burisma. There were no complaints whatsoever, no problems with how I was performing at uh, my job, but because pressure was repeatedly put on President Poroshenko, that is uh, what ended up in uh, him firing me. Is that why he got fired? Because of the billion dollars and the, the, the former Vice President, now President? First of all, this is the completely crazy person. Um, this is something wrong with him. Second, there is no one single word of truth. And third, I hate the idea to, com to make any comments and to make an, any intervention in the American election. We have very much enjoyed the bipartisan support and uh, please do not use the such person like Shirk Shokin to undermine the trust between bipartisan support and Ukraine. Right. Uh, what do you mean? He's not your friend? I don't see him maybe four years or something at all. And hate the idea to have him because he play very dirty game, unfortunately. Okay. So that is not true. You didn't, you, he didn't get fired because of Joe Biden. He was fired because of his own statement. And if he do not do that, next day, Ukrainian parliament will fire him uh, with that. All right. Uh, Mr. President, thanks so much. Stay safe. Uh, best of luck along the way in this counterinsurgency. Hope you make some big progress through the rest of the uh, through the rest of the fall. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All right. Let's cut the interview. Thank you. Let's not ask any more questions about Brutal. that. We, we, we hope you make some more progress. I mean, you know, and they say that and it's like you, Brian Kilmeade, are actually killing Ukrainians with your heinous conduct. You're caught like it's not like your shtick that you're doing for an extra buck here or there. You're resulting in doing Vladimir Putin's bidding. And, and I like that there, the former president of Ukraine stood up to him and was like, no, okay, Shokin's a crazy person. We fired him because we have the right to fire him because he was engaged in very dirty conduct. And again, MAGA Republicans just spread these deranged conspiracies and the media buys into it. But Brett, if you can, this was a good week for President Biden. Like it, the whole week, the things that he did again, even though you have MAGA Republicans acting like fascist babies, we showed you all of their conduct. You've got President Biden, like, again, getting shit done versus MAGA Republicans talking shit and causing Americans to eat shit. And Ben, I'll just say before I move on to the Biden stuff that I'm sure now that Fox has been fact-checked by a primary source, I'm sure they will <laughs> change their coverage and, and change their ways. I'm sure Brian Kilmeade will quickly correct the record, issue a correction on all the conspiracy theories he spread about President Biden and Hunter Biden and Ukraine and try to undo some of that. Oh, who am I 
kidding. Okay. Anyway, President Biden has had a really good week. I'm not sure if you know this amidst in the midst of all this craziness. <laughs> I'm not sure if you would know this by watching cable news or reading the Washington Post, but a lot of good stuff has actually happened in the past week. And you got to remember too, like in the background of what is going on, the Republicans completely trying to shut down the entire government, Donald Trump threatening to execute military generals, threatening to end the press. Meanwhile, you have President Biden going out there first, Vice President Kamala Harris hitting the campaign trail on this college tour. Have you seen the reception that she is getting from Gen Z at these colleges? I'm just seeing standing ovation after standing ovation everywhere she goes. The energy out there is undeniable. She is clearly a secret weapon right now out there on the campaign trail for Gen Z. Really Really energizing voters. You had President Biden on Friday announce the creation of the Office of Gun Violence Prevention. It's the first of its kind office that will prioritize fighting the gun violence epidemic in America. They also announced the American Climate Corps last week, which is like a historic program. Any other presidency announcing the creation of an American Climate Corps would be something that appears in a history textbook about the successes of a presidency. It's designed to prepare young Americans for future jobs and clean energy, climate resilience, jobs that are meant to restore the wetlands, forest management, help fight wildfires, and to make it so that America is competitive in the future in a green economy. President Biden also last week speaking before the UN, we played a clip on the show last week of his speech where he got a great reception there at the UN General Assembly while President Zelensky of Ukraine was there, then had the meeting after with President Zelensky in the Oval Office as Zelensky made his way around Washington, D.C. And then the White House made a huge announcement on Friday, which I thought was absolutely incredible and historic, announcing that the president will be joining auto workers, the UAW union workers, and will be walking the picket line with them this week in Michigan. That's tomorrow, Tuesday, if you're listening to this. And I think that is absolutely huge. When I first heard the news, I was first wondering too, is he just speaking with them, which is a big deal in and of itself, or is he actually getting on the picket line and walking the picket line with them? He is actually walking the picket line with these union workers that are currently striking for better wages and benefits. That has not happened. Nothing like this has happened in more than a century in the United States of America. It's an incredibly powerful move showing his pro-union stance and not just saying, I'm pro-union, but actually backing it up with action. The Trump people, by the way, are completely, they were completely caught off guard by this move because they had this whole plan. They were going to get Trump with a picture with him, I guess, with like a hard hat. Trump was going to go to Michigan this week and Trump was going to say, look, I stand with the workers. I stand with the workers. And then President Biden actually ends up getting an invite from the UAW union. The UAW union actually repudiates Donald Trump and says, Donald Trump, you are actually everything that we are fighting against. We do not want to see your face around here. Stay away. And so where did Donald Trump decide to speak? This is where he's holding his photo op event. And I mentioned this briefly at the top of the show, but I want to reemphasize that in the midst of this historic moment where you have union auto workers striking for better pay, fairer wages, better working conditions, you have Trump going out there and speaking at a non-union, a non-union plant 
more than 50 miles away from where the striking workers are going to be. And so I looked up this plant, which is called Drake Enterprises. It's uh, you know over 50 miles away from the workers are striking, and the reviews for the reviews for the plant aren't great. I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to spend too much time like knocking this plant, but I just want to give you an idea of where Donald Trump decided uh, to show his allegiances during this union battle. I mean, this is kind of just scab stuff for Donald Trump to be going to a non-union plant and try to act like he's pro-worker here. But they have you know, a, a fair amount of negative reviews on, on Google Maps and Yelp and all this stuff, largely focused on how poorly their workers are treated with poor pay and poor working conditions. So I'll show you just you know, a couple of the things if I could find them here. Here's what uh, one review from Google Maps for where Trump is visiting. And it says, two stars out of five. This is from three months ago. One of the best places to destroy the confidence, morale, and enthusiasm of a human being. And then I saw an employee at Drake Enterprises was very perplexed very confused about why Donald Trump, out of all the places to go in Michigan, would be visiting the Drake Enterprises plant. And this employee on X, aka Twitter, wrote, so I work at Drake. We are not a union shop. Half of the plant takes the bus to get here, and we don't even have 200 employees total. This makes zero sense. And so a tale of two candidates, a tale of two presidents, a tale of two parties, a party that is actually taking things seriously, a party that actually tries to be competent, you know, tries to, and also we didn't get to a lot of the Menendez stuff, but tries to call its own party out when its own party is in the wrong, which is something you want to see, a party that when somebody actually gets indicted and indictments look bad and have bad things written in them, a party that stands up and does not go, we're going to attack the Department of Justice. We're going to get a free Menendez flag. We're going to start wearing t-shirts with Menendez's face on it. No, that's not what we do. That's not what people should be doing. You need- and Look, we've called for Menendez's resignation here on the Midas Touch Network. I stand by it. Is yeah. he entitled to a presumption of innocence? Absolutely. But based on what I've read in the complaint, he sh- what do you have? You have $400,000 of cash lying around your house and gold bars and the text messages are of your wife thanking people in an LLC. She, I, I read the messages thanking them for helping her pay for um, her Mercedes. Like Whether that ultimately becomes a crime, the presumption of innocence, that attaches to a jury. But there is a logical feeling about public officials holding public office and keeping public confidence to be in those positions. And in Menendez's press conference, he didn't say anything that was like answer tough questions. He said he was going to leave it to trial. And that's, of course, why to me, I believe it's entirely disqualifying. One thing I do want to mention is that Menendez was previously prosecuted by the Obama Department of Justice. And um, there was a case that was being prosecuted by special counsel Jack Smith against a former Virginia Republican governor that was reversed where Jack Smith got the conviction by the Supreme Court. And then as part of the Trump administration, Department of Justice's policy of of promoting bribery, basically, and not having robust bribery criminal investigations, after there was a deadlock jury in the Menendez first trial regarding another bribery scheme, the Trump Department of Justice dropped the charge 
charges against Menendez. And this is, again, legacy media doesn't talk about that. It's funny. Uh, John Melendez, I know Menendez, Melendez, John Melendez, aka Stuttering John from the Howard Stern Show. We went on his show a bunch of times early on in the creation of Midas Touch. So shout out to him. He actually did a prank phone call to Donald Trump in 2018 at the time when Donald Trump's Department of Justice um, dismissed the charges uh, and, and said they were no longer going to prosecute the charges against Menendez. So here in this clip, this is Donald Trump thinks he's talking to Menendez in 2018 and congratulates Menendez for beating the charges because Trump's Department of Justice dropped the charges. Think about that. Play the clip. Hi, Bob. How are you? Congratulations on everything. We're proud of you. Congratulations. Great job. You went through a tough, tough situation, and I don't think a very fair situation. Uh, that there was actually a prank call. A comedian, John Melendez, also known to fans of Howard Stern as Stuttering John, says he pretended to be Democratic Senator Bob Menendez, and he called the White House and eventually got to speak with President Trump on Air Force One. The comedian, uh, who's a regular on the Stern Show, as I said, says that's President Trump congratulating who he thought was the senator for his corruption charges having been cleared up earlier this year. And so now MAGA Republicans are saying that the current Department of Justice, which is prosecuting the president's son, prosecuting a Democratic senator that appointed a special counsel to investigate President Biden. According to the MAGA Republicans, all of that is part of a, this is what they say. Again, this is why you can't have a serious conversation with them. They say all of that is part of a Democratic cabal to try to cover up something about why they're prosecuting Donald Trump. I, I don't even understand what their theories are, but that was, and I'm not going to play all of the clips because you get it at this point that they're not serious, but Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba, Clay Higgins, the MAGA Republicans were all saying, oh, the Democrats now and the DOJ is prosecuting uh, Menendez to cover up and distract from Hunter Biden and Donald like, Okay, enough. Again, I can't have a serious conversation with that. And we here at the Midas Touch Network, we're all about serious conversations. Okay. Whatever, whatever your political affiliation is, what this MAGA Republican mutation has become, it's not a serious dialogue. It's not a serious discussion. So we welcome here in this pro-democracy community, whether you're progressive, liberal, independent, you don't identify as any political party, if you're a real conservative and not this MAGA, whatever this is that wants to shut down the government and say all of these deranged conspiracies, as long as you know, if you want to have a serious conversation, this is a community to have serious, intelligent, compassionate conversations, pro-democracy conversations. And that's what I want to foster here. And that's why I'm so grateful to be a part of this community that you all created. You know, one of the ways, as I said before, that we build this community is 
is through our Patreon. You know, we don't have outside investors. And the way we build this is because this is a community network, more than just a network. You know, this is built by the community. So thanks to everything you've helped with on Patreon, with the YouTube memberships, which is a separate thing. Thanks to our great pro-democracy sponsors on the show. We've been able to build out MidasTouch.com. And we built out a incredible editorial staff there led by Ron Filipkowski. So you can see the growth of the network that you've helped contribute to. So I want to thank you all so much for helping this network grow, and I want to grow it organically, brick by brick. And again, thank you so much. And one of the things that we do with the after show is we always talk about a fun topic. It gives you a little more insight into us. Remember, the after show takes about 20 to 30 minutes to post after because we have to record it. It's not done live. But if you go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Midas Touch. You spell it M-E-I-D-A-S-T-O-U-C-H. Become a member. There's even one membership tier there where you could become an honorary producer of the show. Your name appears at the end. You get a poster showing you're an honorary producer. We also do Zoom chats. We've got a Zoom chat coming up this week where we'll get to meet all of you again. And I always have so much fun with that. So that's one of the benefit features there as well. And it helps grow this platform. So go to Patreon dot com slash Midas Touch as soon as this show ends, become a member and help grow this platform. And then if you can do that, the best way you can help out, share these videos, subscribe, subscribe on audio too. Audio people subscribe on YouTube, YouTube people subscribe on audio. That goes such a long way. Just search Midas Touch Podcast on all platforms, Midas Touch Network on YouTube, hit subscribe, leave five-star reviews. That goes a long way. And share this with just one person, two people, five people, who's ever in your community. Post the articles from MidasTouch.com places. We could be the difference maker. This community that you created can be the difference maker in 2024. I truly believe that. Let's keep growing this network. Let's keep growing this community. Let's keep growing this platform to have a compassionate, intelligent, kind-hearted, unapologetically pro-democracy community that spreads love and knowledge, not fear and hate. Ooh, I want to nurture that. I'm so grateful to be a part of that. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for helping build that. We'll see you next time on the Midas Touch podcast. Have a great one and shout out to the Midas Mighty. At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right. Gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.